How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. We're less than 10 days now to the st- or return of USL action, and we definitely got some stuff to talk about with that. We also got a guest joining us in just a moment here. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. And it's in! Darwin Jones with the response for Orange County. And it is a massive one. Austin Bold dominant the last step. Forrester in the middle now. Gets around a few defenders. Forrester with the outside of the foot. What a strike by Harry Forrester. It's the opening goal for Orange County. Looking for you. Back post. Opportunity and a goal. A beautiful goal by Orange County. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast or on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, presented by Roughneck Scarves and Icarus FC. I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I'm with you pretty much each and every episode as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club. Joining me as he does each and every episode since day one, we've got Dylan from County Line Coalition. Dylan, how's your hot Tuesday going so far? Well, it's it's hot, but it's good. Um, and it's the highlight of my week. And we're here. And I, I would like to say that Alan's Iron Man streak is over. So I am the reigning and longest serving member of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast by a comfortable one podcast margin now. <laughs> well, but we replaced way him. Ahead of him. We replaced yeah, him we were, with someone we, crazy. Someone crazy indeed. Um, ladies and gentlemen, out of left field just about a, what, a week ago or less than a week ago, an announcement was made of a Loney joining Orange County. I don't think any fan, we didn't even uh, think that this was uh, happening, but it happened and he's now joining us here on this episode. So we want to welcome him to the Orange County, to Orange County Soccer Club and first time in Orange Black Soccer Cast. And that's Chandler Hoffman. Chandler, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Happy to be in Southern California. We're definitely excited to have you here in Southern California. And we're glad you're, uh, you're, going to be part of this team, adding some depth. Uh, I mean, we talked about it on our special uh, Group B preview that the West has, a, or sorry, the West, Group B has a very deep, tough team in Phoenix. So adding uh, someone with your skill set uh, and uh, experience is going to be very helpful for Orange County. Uh, what has uh, your first few days been like uh, as a member of Orange County? Uh, it's been different. Um with COVID-19, um, I had to be quarantined. So I flew in Saturday night. So I've been quarantined for a couple days. Um, I got my first, uh, test today. Um, and since I'm coming from Alabama, which is considered a high risk, uh, place, I'm having to get tested again tomorrow. Um, so then once those results come in, then I can finally join in training. So I'm just itching to, to get back out on the field and, uh, to get to know the, the group of guys. Uh, I played with Aiden Quinn at Louisville, so um, I know him pretty well and, and know some of the other guys just from being around the league for a while, and uh, I'm excited to get to get actually on the field and get going. So have you got a chance to speak with Aiden or any of these other players? Have they been able to give you sort of a heads up of what to expect uh, from Coach Braden Cloutier from this team and, and what their expectations are for the season? Yeah, when, when I found out that it was a, a possibility um, of me coming out here, I reached out to Aiden and um, spoke with him and then um, obviously spoke extensively with Oliver Weiss and with Braden uh, and just kind of seeing um, what the setup would be and, and how that would uh, how I would fit in with the group. Um, and so I had some really great conversations and, and thankfully it all came together. Dylan, I'll hand it off to you for a question. All right, um, Taylor. If we take a look at at your goal scoring record, it's it's kind of insane. Um, you caused me a lot of pain when you played uh, out there in Harriman, Utah, with the Monarchs. Uh, Sixty five appearances, twenty eight goals, and that's been pretty consistent throughout your career. Um, I mean, it's been six years since you were in LA, but uh, you know, thirteen goals out of seventeen appearances. Then it's pretty much a goal every other game for you. Uh, you've had a long layoff. So one, how's your knee? And two, are you confident that you can get back to that that same 
level of performance that you've you've been at for over half a decade now yeah i think for me uh i'm just excited to get back on there my knee when i've been training and uh in the preseason games before uh the season was kind of put on a halt um i was feeling really good and starting to get like that game sharpness and, and match fitness um so i am so ready to get back and and like you were saying um that that is my goal to try to put the ball in the back of the net as much as possible um and so i feel like i still have a lot to offer and, and a, a lot left in the tank so uh hopefully i'll be I'll be scoring a lot of goals this season for us uh let me ask a quick question for you chandler what what have you been doing to uh prepare during this extended break uh, i know a lot of players have been having to just come up with unique ways of training or at least staying in shape uh nothing is going to compare to actually being out on the pitch training with teammates playing matches but what have you been doing to to prepare for uh the potential return which we now know is happening in less than 10 days yeah i i had a pretty big backyard at my my house in alabama um so i bought a goal uh, during all this crazy time and it was basically me and a bag of balls and and the goal in the backyard uh pretty much seven days a week so I, I had to get creative uh doing all sorts of drills um that you can do by yourself as much as i could um so i can't wait to be able to actually pass the ball with a, a teammate and, and have actually a goalie in that um, but i was just trying to find creative ways to to do finishing drills and um, i have a little french bulldog so the the frenchie would be out there in the yard with me so i'd just be doing whatever i could to kind of spice it up and, and make it a little more entertaining um, and then just a lot of uh, home workouts so like uh, pull-ups and push-ups and things like that uh, just anything i could do with with the limited uh, uh options that we had available during this time Go ahead, Dylan. Oh man, uh, what what brought you back to Orange County uh, or to Southern California, really? Because you you spent some time playing for Blue Star way way back in the day when you were at UCLA. Yeah, I, I have to say Southern California to me is like one of the the greatest places in the world uh, to live. Um, so I've always loved Southern California since I was out here at UCLA. And like you said, playing for Blue Star back in the day, I'm familiar with the, the Orange County area. Um, and this, this opportunity came about um, and speaking with uh, Braden, he, he seemed to really um, want me and, and think I would be a, a good fit. Um, and so it, it was something that kind of came together and, and ticked all the boxes. Cause for me, the most important thing was, was getting back on the field um, and being part of a, a system them that that wanted to utilize me and so um that that's kind of how it all came about do you expect so, to play uh, oh. oh go ahead dylan go ahead i was gonna say do you expect to just play as a as a solid number nine throughout the season um i don't think you've ever played anywhere else right yeah i've, I've never really played anywhere else a, a couple games last year they they put me kind of as a left midfielder which i had never played before um i've always had my done my best work as, as a number number nine or um i know um the last couple of years they've played a 4-4-2 here Braden's incorporated that with a diamond in the midfield so uh i think he he definitely sees me and uh ugo as being a good pairing up top um there, there's a lot of different options and obviously i got to get out on the field and, and earn my spot first and foremost um but i i think there there's a lot of different ways uh, whether it's a 4-3-3 or a 4-4-2 um, that that I can play as as a target forward or um, with as as a pairing up top. So I, I think there'll be a lot of options now for for coach to to figure out how he wants to use me. And uh, you know we mentioned it was sort of a, a surprise announcement from the club. Not many fans knew this was even a chance of happening. I, I would assume the same thing uh, would relate to the fans back in in Alabama. Uh, probably a lot of them weren't ready to hear that type of news. Surprisingly, at least one person we know listens to our podcast out there uh, in Alabama. Maybe he's shared uh, or he's, he's, he has shared this stream with others or he'll share this podcast with others. Do you have a message for the fans back in Alabama that uh, maybe uh, wish they would have got a chance to see you this season uh, out there? Yeah, I've got a lot of heartfelt messages from people that were sad to see me uh, leave and go on loan. Obviously, being the, the first signing for a club is... Uh, something very special and being part of my hometown that was always the 
the kind of dream to bring soccer kind of to the forefront in the, the city and the state. Um, but I, I love the, the Magic City Brigade, um, our, our fan base that we have there. And I, I wish those guys and the fans the, the best of luck this season. Uh, and, I'll, and I'll be uh, cheering them on. All right, Dylan, I don't know if you have any other questions uh, for Chandler uh, before we uh, let him go on with his evening. Yeah, we always have one final question for any player that we have uh, come on the show. What's your favorite vegetable and how do you prepare it? Um, my wife and I actually started cooking much more during this time. So she would make this one uh, with asparagus and would wrap uh, prosciutto around the asparagus and then uh, like do some lemon, like uh, squeeze some lemon juice on it and then salt and pepper uh, and then bake it. And it was incredible. And then there's another restaurant. Uh, I think it's at the Redberry Hotel. It's called Cleo. Um, they have some Brussels sprouts. And so we, we tried to make some Brussels sprouts. You basically uh, like peel the outer sh outer shells of the, the Brussels, sprout, Brussels sprouts. And then there's a bunch of different uh, like red wine vinegar and some other stuff that you put on it. And we just would use an air fryer and, and make it. And it, it almost tastes like potato chips. It's uh, really, really good. I approve. That sounds delicious. Wow. How exciting. Dylan, Dylan, is, Dylan is creating his orange and black soccer cast uh, vegetable cookbook. That's why he keeps asking all the players these these amazing recipes. Some are as simple as steaming some broccoli in a, in a steamer, and some are very elaborate with some asparagus, prosciutto, <laughs> lemon, some salt, or whatever else you're going to throw on that. So I appreciate uh, you providing that information. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that's Chandler Hoffman. He's uh, the newest member of your Orange County Soccer Club. Uh, we don't know yet his status. You know, he's, he mentioned he has to go through the testing still, and I'm sure he has to get integrated with the team, but you'll be able to possibly catch him and the rest of the club at their opener. Well, you won't be able to catch them there, but you'll be able to watch it on the uh, ESPN stream uh, as they host the dreaded Phoenix Rising FC, hopefully uh, in back-to-back -back matches. So hopefully two early wins in this return to play, Chandler. Yes, those would be two big results. Uh, I think uh, obviously a lot of people think Phoenix is kind of the, the team to beat. So I think that'd be a big statement if we could uh, get some results the, the first two two games of, this, of the restart of the season. So <laughs> I know I'm ready to get out there. Definitely. We're, we're, we're excited. We're getting ready to, to, to watch our – our favorite team play soccer again, and we're excited to, to have you be a part of that team. Once again, thank you Chandler for taking some time this evening to join us here on our podcast and uh, best of luck to you in this upcoming season. Thank you guys. Great to meet you. Perfect. Thank you again. That's Chandler Hoffman, uh, the newest member of your orange County soccer club, uh, a surprise signing Dylan. Uh, were you shocked when you saw that name uh, announced or the, uh, that social media post I think it was what on Saturday or, or Friday we saw that, correct? What yeah, it was. I think it was Friday because we had done the preview the night before. And as soon as they announced that, I went, well, now I'm a little bit higher on Orange County's odds of getting in. I think the road into the playoffs for uh, a Los Dos or a San Diego Loyal just got a little bit more difficult. Um, if Seriously, if you look at the stats that Chandler's put up in the USL since he showed up, it's incredible. And he had the same performance when he was playing at UCLA, which is the premier, you know, one of the premier schools to go to for college soccer, along with um, like Wake Forest, which is along with Wake Forest, which is where John Baccaro came from. Uh, I guess we could say UC Irvine because they got Rafa Espinosa, of course, Daniel Crisostomo and Giovanni Ramos Godoy. Congratulations to him. Actually, he just signed out in Tucson at the League One level. But he's pretty much scored a goal every 160 minutes. And that's been constant through his career. Last year was a little bit of an off year, but um, it was obviously cut short. And you heard him say it himself. He wasn't always playing as a nine out in Birmingham. They weren't a team that generated a lot of chances. So I think coming to a side that tends to dominate possession uh, and attack and creates a lot of chances per match, I think he'll do really well. And, and we'll see a lot of goals from him. Plus, it's good to have more senior experience because right now we have um kind of two untested youth players and ugo are the only proper number nines that we have so that'll be a, a good change um and a, a really good pickup for us i'm super excited i it blew my mind really but i'm thrilled yeah, I, 
I, I think um, the way it went, at least for me to find out, is Alan, I think, uh, sent a text message in our chain saying, what do you guys think of Chandler Hoffman to Orange County? I'm like, uh, is that potentially happening? He's like, um, it was announced. It happened, like, yeah. Wow. I I was dropping the ball. It was it was early early in the day. I hadn't yet really gotten to my Twitter mode on that. Uh, but And I, I do got to say this uh, on our groupie preview. I sort of forgot all about Ugo when I was mentioning one of the weaknesses is the lack of a backup for Thomas and Volton. Um, I realized that probably the, sometime the next day uh, and then the Chandler Hoffman gets uh, get uh, announcement gets made. So I'm like, okay, we went from being a little bit scared of that, A, because I forgot of someone uh, on, already on the roster, to now being a potent, a potent uh, offensive uh, attack. I mean, you got to also take into consideration with uh, Aiden Quinn in the midfield. He's going to be a big part of trying to help set up Thomas Endovolton and Ugo and Chandler Hoffman. And then with people like uh, Darwin Jones also on a part of that attack, which, I mean, we forget that dude, that, that guy was solid the first half of the season, uh, was probably the best player for the first 10 games or so in the season last year. Uh, so we know what he could do. It, it's it, it's a tough situation to be in for, uh, to be coach Braden Clude because now he has to basically tell some quality players that they're not going to play in certain matches or they won't start in certain matches. But I guess that's a good a good difficulty to have if you're a coach on a team contending in a condensed schedule, right, Dylan? Yeah, it is. I'm writing out. He's writing I, a note. I was thinking you're writing notes. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm kind of trying to look at what our formation will be. Uh, he talked about the four-four-two diamond situation that we kind of had towards the second half of last year with Inabulson, or excuse me, with Seaton and Jones up top, and I think that works well because those two knew each other really well and uh, played off of each other each other really well. Given the condensed schedule that we have, where it's kind of... It was actually a lot better than I expected it to be with these 16 matches. I thought it was kind of be Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday for however many weeks that takes to get eight weeks, right? That would be 16 matches. Throw a nine, because, you know, you, you miss one. Um, I thought that was going to be a big struggle. Um... I think we don't play a 4-4-2 diamond because it's still a pretty condensed schedule. Um, you could probably have, you know, um, Ugo play an hour, Chandler comes on for 30 minutes, or Diego Lopez comes on for 30 minutes, uh, or or vice versa. But there's so much depth at this club right now. We've, I mean, we haven't talked about Kevin Coleman at all, but he definitely deserves a chance because he came in very clutch a few times last year and he came in uh really strong the second half of the season so i think we see either a 4-3-3 maybe a, a 4-2-3-1 kind of situation um especially since enavoldson's not a true number nine he's a shadow striker so without a real goal scoring threat on the wings he's he's not going to slot into that nine position. I imagine he just plays some, something of like an inside forward on the left, which is where we played him all throughout 2018. There's so many things that Braden and Richard Chaplow have to come up with over the next few weeks. Uh, I don't know. I'm glad I'm not them. I don't know how to do this because it sounds terrible. <laughs> so let's do this because you're sort of trying to jot down what you got going on with the roster here. So maybe I'll give you a little bit of time. Let's uh, let's plan towards the end of this episode to go through and figure out what the, I guess, best 11 to start a match would be with what Orange County has. You're jotting down some notes, so you're going to be prepared for this. I'm going to be doing it sort of off the top of my head uh, based on what I can remember, which I probably will forget about someone. So I apologize ahead of time. Uh, let's do this. So let's move on really quick and let's, uh, uh, Finish up our preview of the USL return to play by talking about the Eastern Conference groups. Um, last episode of our normal podcast episodes, we sort of went through each of the Western Conference groups and uh, made our decision on who we thought would win those groups. So now it's time to look at the Eastern Conference um, and see what we can figure out or who we think is going to win those groups. Uh, I apologize ahead of time if we potentially mess up on this, uh, being the fact is we are 
primarily a, a podcast that talks about Western Conference. Uh, Am I allowed to do that? Will... I don't. I don't know. Let's I don't hope know. not. Sorry, I probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Uh, but let's let's go through this and let's talk about uh, groups. What is it? Um, e through H, I believe. Does that sound uh, right to you, Dylan? Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds Checks right. Out. So, Group E is going to consist of St. Louis FC, Indy Eleven, Louisville FC, and Sporting Kansas City Two. Um, is it me or did I actually read somewhere that Sporting Kansas City is pretty much playing all their games on the road? I, I, I can't remember if that was something I actually read or if that's something I'm just making up as we're talking right now. Did you hear anything on that, Dylan? Uh, I don't, but honestly, I don't pay really any attention to that side, which is sad because I think Christian Duke deserves a lot more respect and his little brother. They're playing together. It's, it's lovely. But I don't know. Um, I don't think it really matters that they play on the road. They bring like 30 people to a whole match at Children's Mercy anyway. And uh, they're really bad. I don't know if anyone noticed that. But I mean, Christian Duke's going to do a lot of good for that side. But that side was, was, has been truly bad for a couple of years now. Um, And if they're playing teams like Indy 11 and Louisville City, uh, no amount, no amount of uh, life FC matches is really going to make a difference there. They're not going through. St. Louis will bottle it as always. I don't know if you wanted a prediction, but they will. Um, <laughs> they might have three points right now and a, and a decent goal difference at uh, plus three. It won't last. They'll throw it away like they do every season. All right. So really quick for you on. I, I just looked up. Uh, this is courtesy of the Blue Testament, which is part of SP Nation. They cover uh, Sporting Kansas City and Sporting Kansas City too. And according to their article on this, Sporting Kansas City 2 will play one home match uh, during the return to play. <laughs> they already played one home match in this uh, in their home opener of the season against Charlotte Independence, which they lost. Their one home match will be on August 22nd against OKC Energy. The rest, the remaining 14 matches of their 2020 season will be on the road. Um, so that is... I, I'm assuming that is something that Sporting Kent that was I, I'm assuming that the team chose to do that. Maybe they just didn't want to deal with having to spend money to open up uh, a stadium to have a, a matches with no fans potentially showing up. Uh, they would rather just pay the the money for players to travel. It's probably a little bit less expensive to have them travel in in a region than to actually pay to open up a stadium, turn on the lights, turn on uh, whatever they need to do the broadcasting. Um, stuff they need to do so that would be my best assumptions but i'm no insider i, I don't know what's going on there in kansas city so let's just go to this dylan who's winning this group i mm, you know i think louisville does i don't know if indy 11 really have that kind of depth Yeah, I'm going to actually have to talk now because Alan's out here. So you have to. I know your... I, I actually have to sort of interact more with you guys instead of just leading the oh, conversation um, or with you because it's only you that I'm talking with. It's it's weird. Uh, I'm going to. I'm going to just sort of. Go against you on this and say Indy 11 just because maybe that's who I want to do it, even though. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Indy 11. And right. bear in mind, I, I don't really know these rosters that well, so I'm just sort of uh, going off of what I potentially read or see. Uh, sure. Group F. I, I don't know, Dylan, if you have the groups in front of you, if you want to read I off do. who's in Group F. Yeah, we got a five-member group here. We got Philadelphia Union 2, Luton United, Pittsburgh, Hartford Athletic, and the New York Red Bulls 2. Ray, who's winning this group? Um... <laughs> really, honestly, I, 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 it's hard for me to pick on this because I really know nothing about any of these teams other than the fact that I think three of them are two teams. Um, what? Uh, my best guess is it's between New York Red Bulls and Pittsburgh, but I could be totally mistaken on there. I would go with probably New York Red Bulls on this group. Fair shout. I'm actually going to agree with you there. Um Pittsburgh got picked clean. Well, they've actually released a lot of players, but a lot of the key components of the last couple seasons for them, like 
Joe Greenspan, who's down in San Diego, are gone. So I don't think they have the uh, the might to kind of get through. Plus, they're usually great because they're defensively solid, and teams can't play defense for the first two or three months of the season. So they mass up or they rack up a lot of points before anyone else can. Doesn't make as much of a difference when it's a um, condensed season. So yeah, I have to agree. Baby Bulls on top for this one, then probably Pittsburgh, and then honestly, the other three teams. Just, you know, if you ever see Frederick Dewey sometime, or Dewey, you know, however you want to pronounce it, just ask him how his time in Hartford was, because uh, he said it was kind of crazy, um, and that he was really glad to be here. So, yeah, probably Baby Bulls, Pittsburgh, and then... And then it's sort know, of probably on the other three, right? Yeah, probably Luden in third, and then doesn't really matter between those last two sides. I don't think much is going on. And that's no disrespect to... Mike Fu, how we, uh, who we had on a few weeks ago. I feel disrespect. bad for those Hartford total, fans. Total disrespect there, man, huh? I just feel bad for those Hartford fans. They deserve a lot better, and that, that club just isn't run well at all. But on to Group G, and maybe something happier, we've got... Now I take back what I said. This isn't much better. Uh, Charlotte Independence, Birmingham Legion, North Carolina FC, and Memphis 901 with Tim Howard at the back. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say Memphis, probably not going anywhere. Tim Howard had an abysmal first match. Hilarious to watch them fall apart. Um, they're not, they haven't been a good side. I don't think they're going to be a good side this season. Independence. You know, now that I look at this group, I don't think it's very good. I'm going to say Birmingham probably tops this group. They've got Alex Cronali and... I believe his little brother, Eli, I'm not sure on the name, but his little brother is definitely on contract down in Birmingham now. And I think with the, some of the attackers that they have, and part of the reason that they were willing to let Chandler Hoffman leave is that they are looking pretty good. Um, so probably Birmingham tops this one. And I don't know, the Independence has a lot of drama in-house right now coming from the top, coming from their owner, who's made some pretty questionable comments and likes and retweets on Twitter. So bit of a culture issue there between a a few um, very outspoken players of color and their owner who does not agree with those opinions at all. Or the support of the fan group either. Right, I don't know if you're like writing an essay over there about your plans or not, but uh, what's going on in this group? Independence, Birmingham, North Carolina, and Memphis. Um, I'm gonna go Birmingham. Just uh, this. Oh is yeah, strictly... it is Birmingham. Sorry, this is America. That's my problem. Sorry. What did you say? Birmingham, because oh, it's okay. how it's pronounced. Yeah, but yeah, I, I I would assume the way it said is Birmingham, um, at least in in Alabama. I'm going to go with that pick just because the ties that we have there with uh, Arloni joining us uh, and uh, a past guest of the show is uh, part of the fan group down there. I like that. So, that's how you make your decision. That is uh, it's, it's the expert analysis going on here on the Eastern conference of the USL. It shows you really that um, I don't get much time to watch many of the Eastern conference teams play or any of the matches out there. Maybe this particular season i'll get to because there's not as much sports going on uh, but who knows why are you shaking your head there I, watched, I don't know what i'm gonna do i watched one eastern conference game last year tampa bay rowdies at st louis fc in late march i wanted to take a nap people spout off about how competitive that side of the table is and it's really not it really isn't louisville's just really great in knockout tournaments and that's it but um there's there's Dylan's thoughts on the Eastern Conference. Let's move on to Group H while we can wrap things up here and stay sort of on a timely schedule. Uh, Group H is going to consist of Charleston Battery, Tampa Bay Rowdies, Atlanta United 2, and Miami FC. Um, Dylan, who do you think, who's winning this group? Mm, you know, Tampa Bay. I really like them. I really like them under Neil Collins. 
Um, I think they're a good side, and I think the condensed schedule will kind of help them avoid a slump that they seem to have every year. There's a lot of positive momentum down there in St. Pete. I think they have a good chance. Uh, I think Miami will probably be that second side. I mean, they have... No, I don't remember his name. He played at El Paso beforehand and the Monarchs before that. But he's known a bit as a bit of a locker room cancer, so I don't know how that will deal with a, a condensed schedule. If he gets unhappy because of match fitness, that could derail that entire club really, really quickly. And then a two-team and Charleston. I mean, no disrespect to Charleston, but I don't think they really have a shot here. They have a sweet logo, though. So they win in that regard. That's a newer logo, right? It's they 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 updated their logo and it was it became something actually really nice. Um, I, I agree with you on Tampa Bay. I think they're the the best team in this group. Uh, I, I I think it's their group to lose, so they have to basically falter in this group to lose it. I don't think. Um, I, I yeah, that's that's all I'll say on it. I'm not going to get into crazy analysis because I really can't. I, I honestly can't. I'm not going to try and fake it. That's good. You have a life. And I, I actually thought about what these teams' strengths were instead. And, and someone, go. please let me let me have a life. Tell me something to do with myself. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Um, so if you want to hear what we had to say about the Western Conference groups, you can go check out our last episode um, that we recorded a week ago. And we discussed that. Let's move on to some more stuff to discuss. Uh, let's do this uh, because we're going to talk about sort of the best starting 11. I'm going to skip one of our topics. Uh, I'm going sort of on an order we I, I tweeted out to you, Dylan, earlier. So let's move on then. Uh, let's let's just do a quick uh, discussion about the 4th of July Cup that we hosted this past weekend. Uh, yours truly made it to the final match and then got just sort of taught a lesson from Jeremiah Ramos, who I think – Many of us probably could have expected, except for the fact that I actually put up a good match against Jeremiah Ramos on the regular season of the EUSL, uh, but he just sort of destroyed me in the final. Uh, as we mentioned, anyone that followed that tournament, uh, our podcast was going to basically uh, donate, uh, make a $50 donation in the name of the winner of the tournament to a charity of their choice. So Jeremiah, Jeremiah got to pick the charity that he was going to have us donate to in his name. Uh, and he picked the Hispanic Heritage Foundation. Uh, so um, I don't know if, Dylan, if you're familiar with the Hispanic Heritage Foundation, but just off of their website, uh, the first message on there is, by giving to the Hispanic Heritage Foundation, you are strengthening the Hispanic community. Your generosity uh, funds our Latinos on fast-track programs like Code as a Second Language, Youth Awards, STEM, Symposia, Hispanic Heritage Awards, Loft Source, and more. Uh, and then they put on there, we need your support. So the Orange and Black Soccer House is going to make a donation of $50 in Jeremiah's name to that charity if you wish to um, help that charity as well. You can do so. We've got, if you're watching the live stream, the information is at the bottom of the screen. If you're listening on the podcast, you could just go into your favorite web browser and type in hispanicheritage.org forward slash donate to donate to their group. Uh, Dylan, had you ever heard of Hispanic Heritage Foundation before? Um, not. Jeremiah recommended it. No, not until uh, I got the text that that is what he had chosen. And then I went and looked at it and they actually do a really, they do a lot um, of kind of trying to level that playing field and introduce some equity into uh, the Latinx community, providing opportunities that like, you know, more affluent and especially uh, that white kids would have so, you know, that's awesome. As long as it wasn't going to be uh, like a hate group or something, that's cool. I, I, I think I would have had to veto it if I'm getting a message that we're going to make a donation to a some sort of hate group. Um, you it's know, Orange County, end, but we're not that Orange County. Come on. In the end, you know, when I decided, you know, since we sort of put this tournament together, or at least I put the tournament together, uh, I sort of threw it all together. I broadcasted it. I got Dylan and Alan to call the matches, which was pretty darn cool. Uh, I decided we would, you know, make a donation to a good cause. And, and definitely this is a good cause. Although I do not look like it. I am a Hispanic. Uh, so it's, it's, it's something that uh, is, is an amazing thing. And especially, you know, like Dylan said, it's giving opportunities to people who may not have those opportunities uh, based uh, solely on, 
uh, social status, skin color, um, heritage, and, and whatnot. So it's definitely something that we want to support uh, and help those that could use that help in those situations. So thank you, Jeremiah, for a for participating in the tournament. Thanks to all the tournament participants. There was eight of us. Uh, thanks to everyone who did it. It, it was amazing. Uh, job by each and every one of those participants to actually show up and play their matches on time. I was a little scared when I put this all together that uh, people weren't going to show up or they were going to rage quit or they were going to uh, just sort of show up when they wanted to because I put a tight schedule to everyone. I said, you got to be here for this game, this game, this game at this time. I'm sure Dylan and Alan both appreciated that as well because they didn't have to sit around and wait for people. They got to just call back to back to back to back to back to back to back games. I think I got that right. Six in a row there? Six. Yeah, it was exhausting, but I was really glad no one was like 40 minutes to an hour and 14 minutes late like someone else happened to be. I'm not bitter or anything, but I would have <laughs> lost my mind. And, and thanks to anyone that actually uh, tuned in to watch those matches. Uh, you know, it was it was good to see numbers popping up, uh, indicators of people actually watching, commenting a while. Especially I know on the final there were some comments. Dylan and Alan were reading through those as we were playing. Um, so it, it is awesome. That's the reason we did that is we wanted to uh, give some entertainment for people. Typically on the 4th of July, you're going to have some like NBA basketball and some USL soccer going on and whatnot. And because none of that was going on, we figured we'd throw something together to give people that wanted to watch a competitive a competition uh, an opportunity to do so. Um, let's see. Let's move on on and you know the thing that that really sucks about this i had something pop in my head that we could talk about briefly and then i totally totally forgot about it um so i guess that means we can move on to this next topic are you ready dylan oh i know what the topic i was gonna cover really quick before we move on to uh the roster for orange county and the the, the best 11 is an update on playing for pride dylan have you gotten a chance to take a look at the playing for pride standings uh between myself alan you and i guess the fan group uh, i haven't looked at it today no I, I was a bad fan and i was watching uh bro so earlier so as it stands at least when i checked right before this uh, episode began uh, i am in the lead with 17 points dylan is in second with 13 and Alan has 10 points. I don't know if it's been updated 100%. I just went off of what the list had when I checked right before the podcast. So if I'm incorrect on that, I apologize to Dylan and Alan uh, for not doing my total homework on that. But that's what at least our uh, spreadsheet shows for that. So maybe I'm going for two in a row for uh, playing for Pride competitions on the Orange Black Soccer cast. Dylan is like focusing on these roster Oh, yeah, I don't mess around. Together. You guys want to know why I'm so good at football manager? Because I waste all my time doing this. He's like going in, like jotting down stats and and height and speed time. I'm trying to like, figure out like who, who would be better here, or is this the best formation? Orange County, hit me up. I could coach. I mean, Rick Schantz has like a, a C level license, and he's doing great over in Phoenix. So anything's possible. Just saying. Do you have a C-level license? No. Okay, well then, really... I'm not asking to be the head coach. Hey, I like Braden. I specifically said last year when we were in a really bad run of form that we should stick with him. And he turned it around, and we made the playoffs. He did. He did. Well, let's let's do this then. Um, What do you want to do first, Dylan? Do you want to do the best 11, or do you want to go into who's going to uh, be the leading goal scorer for the team in this condensed return to play season i have a question for you and then the inverse in the inverse order of what you mentioned are we going to make it to august in the usl yes or no (laughs) keep in mind that we play phoenix twice and i believe currently they have eight positive tests eight with one player showing mild symptoms we don't know who these players are and they have a right to their privacy and it's terrible and i feel bad that they are sick but they are covid positive and they all live together well most of them so it is worrying. Oh, and five of it, them have returned to training. It's uh, definitely worrisome. Uh, so far, I believe Orange County hasn't had any positive tests, at least that have been announced. Uh, and the fact that we're playing Phoenix to start the season 
potentially opens some of that up. I, I'm hoping that regardless of the team's potential of winning a championship for 2020, I'm hoping that the teams are responsible enough that if there's anyone that is potentially contagious or going to spread the virus, that they will uh, leave them off the pitch for those matches. Now that's being very hopeful. Um, knowing just what we know from society in general, uh, how there are, are some people that choose to take it as a hoax and some that are taking it seriously and, and really doing their best to social distance, wear masks and whatnot. Uh, so just with what we know from that, we know that there's probably going to be some teams that are going to uh, have their ultra competitiveness on uh, display and they're going to do whatever it takes to win matches instead of worrying about health and safety. Um, I'm hoping we see little of that, but it's that's me being realistic is that we're going to potentially see something like that happen. Hopefully it doesn't impact Orange County, uh, Orange County soccer club, um, because it would suck to see some of our players have to miss matches because other teams potentially don't do their best for the league, but we'll have to see when that happens. What do you think? What are your thoughts on it, Dylan? I, I, I'm very hopeful that we will make it to the season. Now, I'm also very realistic that probably at some point during this season, we're going to have to sit a couple players because of potential of this virus hitting the team. What are your thoughts, Dylan? I don't think we make it to August. That's I. So you're thinking I that can't. you're thinking at some point the whole team is going to be is going to have to we're going to have to like forfeit matches or or you think the league's going to shut down? I think the league will have to shut down matches because even if you had eight positive tests, unless those eight guys all happen to live in the same apartment and they've had no contact with other teammates, that's really really worrying. Orange County today reported a fraction over 8,000 tests that were done and over 1,000 of those were positive cases. Dudes that are making $24,000 a year, $30,000 a year, they're not able to postmate all their meals. They're not able to whatever the other app is where you like pay people to go grocery shopping for you. I don't remember. They don't deserve a shout out. Um, They can't afford to be doing this on a regular basis. It, there's so many variables to go into this, right? Even if it was just the players, they can only talk to each other now, um, which is great. Issues will be resolved faster if they're constantly in contact and other issues will, will pop up, but you'll have a really great team identity. Um, but you have technical staff and you have technical staff that have children and families and where are they going and they also need to go out to get food and they also don't live in the same place the players live so all of a sudden you have all of these issues arise and it's really likely that incidentally or sorry accidentally incidentally um, guys are gonna get sick and that sucks but i can't see us making it really past especially when we play a team that has eight current cases twice to open up the season and you, then you have San Diego Loyal going up to Utah where they're going to let them play in front of fans and Louisville's letting fans into the stadium. I said this last week. It takes one idiot. Well, actually, it's not an idiot. It would be a very evil decision to like spit at a player because you're frustrated with how a match is going and you have two brain cells working overtime and everything's done because it's just not safe. And if you have some teams with fans and some without it doesn't even matter at that point. It's so unsafe. So I feel bad for the players. I'm glad we've come to something to try and get them not to, you know, waste a year of, of their careers. Um, but I really just hope that they're safe more than anything else. Uh, and especially for the staff, you know, people that work in sports that are hurting right now. I mean, look at almost every USL team took a loan from the federal government. Probably rightfully so, because that's a much better situation. Um, than having to shut shop uh, or, or having to lay off most of your staff for a long period of time. So it's really messy. 
from now, from what I know, I believe the teams have a very strict bubble of like 35 people that can sort of basically interact as a team. Everyone else has to sort of socialize and stay away. But like Dylan said, yeah, that doesn't mean that families uh, that are involved with maybe some of the players or the staff that are as part of that bubble um, or that are included in that bubble won't impact things there. Let's uh, do this then. If the season happens, who's going to be the, the leading scorer for Orange County, Dylan? Thomas Nibbleton. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. Uh, the Nothing against Ugo or Chandler Hoffman or even like a Darwin Jones. Uh, Thomas Nibbleton has done it in the past for Orange County, uh, and it's not like it was under a different coach. It's the same coach. So it's – and there's – Still, some of those players that were part of that uh, run that Thomas and Volton had a couple of seasons ago, like a like an Aiden Quinn uh, and a Darwin Jones for half of that season. So uh, it's not like Thomas and Volton's coming back to Orange County with no knowledge of the coaching staff, uh, their game plans or strategies, and some of the players that he he's coming into a familiar situation. He should be able to hopefully repu- replicate what he did uh, two seasons ago. All right, Dylan, the the big moment. The, we got to go through and figure out the best 11 for Orange County. Uh, do, let me ask you this. What, what, you're, you're doing all your homework. What's the formation that you're, you're thinking is the best option for Orange County? I, you have no idea. I've, I was going to do three. I was going to do how we'd set up as a 4-3-3. Three, three. Um, Dude, this is only a one-hour podcast, Dylan. We can't four, go four, for like two. another well, two yeah, I was just going to quickly go, but I was going to set us up as a 4-3-3 <laughs> three, three and a 4-4-2 four, four, diamond, which is like a 4 one, two, one, two, if you look at it that way. And then I was going to look at it as a 4-2-3-1. And I, I think 4-2-3-1 is the most likely. We have a really deep midfield. And we also have five forwards on our team. Um. But we only have one right winger in Darwin Jones. That is what I looked at, and I realized maybe Diego Lopez can play on the right wing, and I think he's played on the wing for us and friendlies. Um, but yeah, Anivaldson and Coleman on the uh, left flank, and Coleman can also play as a nine, um, but he's mostly featured for us as a left winger uh, or more like an inside forward because he does cut in with his right foot. Um, some balancing of Ugo and Hoffman up top, probably mostly Ugo um, because he's already with the team uh, and has relationships with the guys in the team. Our midfield, if we do a 4-3-3, I think it's probably Forrester, Quinn in the middle, and then Kasipli next to him. Kasipli and Krasostomo kind of switching out because um, they're going to they're gonna pick up a lot of yellows. That's kind of the nature of being a, a defensive and a box-to-box midfielder is pulling dudes down during counterattacks, which is cool. We love to see it. We love fouls. Because it shows the guys care. Um, back four from left to right, probably Smith, Kiernan, Orozco, Alston with backups at left back, uh, Matty Shields. And then um, in the middle, uh, basically all the U17 or all the young internationals, uh, Malone, um, Henry or Henry. I think it's Henry, right? Is that what we just decided? I think it's Henry. I believe so. He's not Thierry, so he's not Henry. And then uh, Finlayson. As a backup right back, uh, Blake Malone can also play as a right back. We found that during the preseason, and then some combination of uh, Do and Cervantes and goal. Gave I a love lot how of you're like non you're you're like non-committal on like a true like top eleven. You sort of named the whole roster as you went through all of that. Hey, I like depth. Okay, well you can't see what that is, but there's a lot of options here. All right, can... so let's let me go through let me let me go through really quick. I'm just looking at the roster. This is what my eleven would be. Right, it would be. Um, Aaron Cervantes in goalkeeper uh, in goal, uh, Kevin Alston, Michael Orozco, um, uh, Rob Kiernan, and uh, Nathan Smith on uh, on the back four in the midfield. I agree with what you said in the midfield of having uh, some sort of combination of Aiden Quinn, Harry Forrester, and um, Seth Kasipli, and then up top uh, you would have a combination of Enavolson, Ugo and DJ. That would be the um, 11 that I would say are the, the, the top 11 for this roster. But that's like ignoring Brian Olosky, who has a lot of UXL experience on like bad USL teams, and he's actually put up really good stats. That's ignoring Francis yeah. Jacobs, who is going to get a shot, 
Um, he's going to get a shot. And maybe by the end of the season, uh, those players will have proven me wrong and they've, they will move ahead of someone. But as of right now, heading into the restart, those, if, if I was picking my starting 11 for uh, the first match of this restart against Phoenix, that's who I would go with. Uh, and that would be my, my, my top starting 11 as of right now, from what I know of what I've seen with the players, I haven't seen them in practice. So maybe someone like Francis Jacobs, um, or, or someone else has proven themselves in practice and we might see that. But from what I've seen as a fan, um, heading into the season, preseason, first match of the season, that would be my, my starting 11 for the return to play. Right. And then you ignore Cami Palmer, who's like the highest rated Rangers prospect that we've got in these highly spoken of um, at parts as would, well. Again, people would and come off the bench. I'm just, picking, I'm just picking the 11 that I would say are the starting 11 for me. Oh, yeah. No, 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 it's but fair. I'm just saying, like, look at how deep that our team is. There is depth on this team, and a lot of these players will play, and especially because it is that condensed season, and you're going to have to rotate. You, you're not going to be able to go with your top 11 every single week. You're going to have to rotate in and out all these positions. Uh, and, and so you're going to see, even, even at goalie, you're going to see rotations at goalie because of this condensed season. And luckily, Orange County has two proven starter usl really, goalies on really the roster good USL really good keepers. goalies yeah yes so um we can rotate all around the pitch uh potentially the the weakest spot is that defensive midfield or def i mean not defense midfield uh, the center backs the defensive mids yeah. i guess if we were if we were in england that would be what what it would be right half back defensive midfielder half balling midfielder, like whatever one it is of these whatever they call it. all the same position Basically, where Michael Orozco and Rob uh, Kiernan oh, play, that's, that's probably center half, center back, center half, whatever it is. That's probably what I would say is the weakest spot of the of the pitch, in my opinion. That's my opinion, man. You can mm -hmm. shake your head all you want, Dylan. Nope. We don't have a Christian Duke. Danny Krasnostomo can play there. He proved himself last year that he can play there, but he's going to pick up a lot of yellow cards. I don't think we can force Seth Kasipley to play that. Uh, Aiden Quinn does well back there, but I think then I was we kind say, of Aiden Quinn his... can go back there too. But then we ignore his playmaking capabilities. We're just like, all right, Aiden, ping a ball, and he can do it. But then it's like, we're not building up the way we should. And we saw that when we did that 4-3-1 last year. Like, you saw that in Colorado Springs. Like, we won the match 2-1, but Aiden was so far back next to Liam Trotter for, like, two months out of the season, and we just suffered as a result. We have one right winger. It's worrying. <laughs> oh, and he plays really hard, too. So, like, he gets knocked up a lot. He gets fouled a lot kicks tumbles but and that could potentially be where you're bringing in someone like a um like a Chandler Hoffman because then you can maybe utilize you're gonna have like a rotation of like four or five players they're gonna just sort of rotate around there none of them are gonna be as natural at the right wing as Darwin Jones is but you can move uh Ennevolton out to the right side instead of the left side if you have to in a pinch um I, I'm gonna expect or even like a Harry Forrester potentially up there as well uh hey the 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 big lesson to learn from all this is there's going to be some heavy rotations throughout the season. We're going to see some players playing maybe in positions that aren't their natural or best position, but part of being on a team in this environment for the USL is you're going to have to be flexible. And again, luckily orange County has some flexibility and they have some depth on their roster, which is going to help them uh, at least secure a playoff spot in group B um, if not push Phoenix to potentially win the group. Yeah. I think you, especially at this level, you have to be very flexible. Um, and almost if you're a backup player right now, you're probably assuming this, the season actually continues, you're probably pretty happy because you know, you'll get your chance. Um, you know, a team could go on like a nine game winning streak, but there's, they're not going to play the same starting 11 for those nine matches. Um, yep. That's 800 minutes. That's a, twice a week. That's a lot of time to 180 minutes twice a week. So you know you'll get your chance. Um, and Braden and uh, and Richard Chaplow, the whole technical staff, if we lose every match this season, they will have still earned their money because they have such a headache. And I'm sure the last two months they've been figuring out exactly how to do this. Insanity. Just there's so many options for this team right now, and it sucks. Right now, if you're Darwin Jones, you're like, cool. I basically have no backup, so I know I'm going to have an important role here. But, wow. 
the, the good thing is that season. pretty much everyone everyone's going to have a role to play on this roster, even players like uh, the Lonies from Rangers, Francis Jacobs, Kobe uh, uh, on defense. Um, I think it's Henry. I'm going to look at the press release. I'm just going to say Kobe. I mean, just because, you know, hey, we're in Southern California, that's just sort of a a thing in Southern California is to say Kobe. So we could just say that with him as well. Look at this. We we don't have Alan on the podcast and we go well beyond what we probably were thinking we would go for a episode today. We talked about good stuff. But hey, we did this. We actually, here's the thing is we actually had stuff to talk about today and only spent like a couple minutes on video game soccer. The rest of it was actual soccer to talk about, which is pretty darn cool. Look at us go. Um, Look at us go. Who would have thought? Not me. But we do miss you, Alan, and hopefully we'll get you back on here next week. Let's get on to our random thoughts if you're okay with that, Dylan. I am, and I'm sure our listeners are as well. They're excited. I guess I'm so going first because there's no first. Alan. Um, I don't have anything for you to read this week. I've taken some time off. It's been really hot, and I've been really lazy. But, you know, just be safe. Um and and fight for something better than what we've got at the moment because there's a, a lot of issues. My random thought is our society is going through a diagnostic to figure out exactly everything that's wrong with it. Um, and there's a lot of things that are wrong with it. But, you know, once this diagnostic is finished, we can make a lot of positive changes. So let's, uh, you know, let's get behind those changes like we get behind this team and, and make a good positive change in the world. It's my random thought. Love one another. Peace and love. Love one another. Um, you know, it's funny. I don't really have a random thought to really discuss today. Well, you knew it was coming. We do this every week. So you got to come up we with one now. Week. Should I like read a poem or something? So you have a minute to think about it or, um, yeah. Random thought. Enjoy or be happy, everyone. Wow. <laughs> Random thought of the day. Yes. Dylan, where can our listeners follow you to hear more of your amazing thoughts? I don't know if I'd call them amazing. For those, but for, those for those listening on the podcast, you can't just point at your I don't know. I was about to say screen. it. I was just trying to figure out where it was first. I don't know if they're amazing thoughts, but you can find them at Twitter. Or you can find them on Twitter at OCSE underscore Dylan on Reddit slash you slash OCSE underscore Dylan or at eldonnews.org under the byline Dylan Allen or on our website, OCSEpodcast.com. What about you, Ray? Where can people find you on the internet? You could find me just like you did. There you go, right there. At DJ Ray Samora on Twitter. You can also find the podcast on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast. You can find the podcast on Facebook by just looking for Orange and Black SoccerCast. We're the only one. You can also find us on Pinterest, Instagram, uh, or go to our website, uh, OCSCpodcast.com, to listen to any of our episodes, including this one, once we release it in podcast form. Um, oh, wow, look it. We, uh, we have someone that joined us for Random Thoughts. Welcome, Andy. Uh, if you have a random thought, send us a message on here and we'll, we'll share it with everyone. Um, let's see. What was I at? Where was I at? Oh, I want to thank all of our listeners that listen whenever they get a chance to listen to our podcast, whether it's live with us on YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, Twitch, where we broadcast live every, every Tuesday at 830 um, or if you listen in podcast form, yeah, Pacific, Pacific. If you listen in podcast form, we appreciate that as well. Um, I want to thank those listeners for doing so. I want to thank Dylan. I want to thank Chandler Hoffman for jumping on our podcast earlier on today. If you missed it, go check it out. A great interview with him. And we're excited to have him on board with Orange County. <sighs> yeah, I got to say this for Dylan and Alan, who is not here tonight, but he is definitely part of our team. This is the Orange and Black Soccer cast, and we are out. And now time for some promo leads, uh, reads. Thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and U.S. Soccer. 
Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. And also tired of the same old uniform. Oh, I wanted to do this cutter. one. Oh, go for I it. Don't even, I don't even know it, but... Um... <clears throat> oh, I can read that. Yeah, yeah. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club? Sunday League squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your custom kit today at IcarusFC.com. Perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. Oh, we got to wave bye, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's how this works. That's how we end it. <laughs> bye, everyone. Why does it take so long?